You're listening to Zeidler Group's Legal Zeitgeist podcast, the funds law podcast series that helps asset management firms reevaluate and revolutionize their current approach to investment funds law with the latest technology, legal and regulatory compliance insights, and best practices. Hello, everyone. I'm Sarah Neville, Senior Associate at Seidler Group, and today I'm joined by my colleague Peter Sherwood, also Associate here at Seidler. Um, today we'll be discussing the new Directive 2019-1160, or the Cross-Border Distribution Directive. This uh, directive is part of the European Greater Plan for a Capital Market Union, but most importantly, will have a great impact on distribution uh, of funds across the EU. I think today we will focus on the new pre-marketing regime that will be introduced by the um, cross-border distribution directive. And Peter, maybe if you could just explain to us what is pre-marketing first. Yeah, so the pre-marketing regime, um, essentially it creates uh, a framework which allows AFIMs to engage in certain pre-marketing activities of their of their AFIMs across the European Union. So it does this by creating a harmonized definition of pre-marketing at the EU level and provides for the conditions under which an AFIM can engage in pre-marketing. So the harmonized definition uh, defines pre-marketing as the provision of information or communication, whether direct or indirect, on investment strategies or investment ideas by an EU AFIM or on its behalf to potential professional investors who are domiciled or have a registered office in the union in order to test their interest in an AFE or a compartment of an AFE, which is not yet established or which is established but not yet notified for marketing in the member state where the professional investors are domiciled. Uh, the purpose of the pre-marketing regime is to allow an AFIM to address potential professional investors with an investment idea or investment strategy with a view to determining their interest in an AFE or a compartment of an AFE which is not yet established or is established but not notified for marketing in that jurisdiction. So essentially, the pre-marketing regime allows an AFIM to test the market. Mm -hmm. uh, great. Are there any rules or requirements about this new pre-marketing regime? Yes, there are some requirements um, around it. Um, to basically, there's a requirement to notify uh, the home state regulator of certain information relating to pre-marketing. So this includes information such as the member states in which the pre-marketing will take place, the periods when the pre-marketing is taking place, brief description of the pre-marketing, including information on the investment strategies presented, and if relevant, a list of the AFES and compartments of AFES, which are or were subject to pre-marketing. Um, so the competent authorities of, of that member state in which the pre-marketing is taking place may request certain information, but... Um, yeah, it's a notification requirement, basically. And secondly, there is a content requirement in terms of the material that can be used in, in the carrying out of pre-marketing. So, for example, the information provided to investors must not be sufficient to allow investors to commit to acquiring uh, shares or units of an AFE, amount to a subscription form, whether that be in draft or final form, or constitutional documents, prospectus, or offering documents um, in a final form. So. You can use draft prospectuses uh, or draft offering uh, documents, but again, they must they must not contain enough information to allow investors to make an investment decision, and they must have a disclaimer um, stating that uh, it doesn't constitute an offer and invitation to subscribe, and the information uh, should not be relied upon. So there's the notification requirement, 
And then there's the content requirement in terms of pre-marketing. And so, I mean, that's something we can help with, uh, with, with, uh, um, we can notify the relevant home state regulator of the pre-marketing, and we can also review documents intended to be used in the pre-marketing campaign to ensure they're compliant with the requirement and don't go beyond what is permitted in the context of, of pre-marketing. And then if pre-marketing is successful, um, that leads to a requirement to register the AFE, which as well is something that we can, we can support with. And then overall, an AFIM should ensure that uh, pre-marketing is adequately documented. Okay, quite a few things to take into account. Um, I've also heard that should you have registered a fund, you could not, uh, and deregister then a fund in, in a country, you cannot pre-market the same strategy again within 36 months. So I guess if I have a fund and then want to deregister it and then pre-market iteration two or three of the same fund, I probably think twice. Um, could you maybe give some clarity on that? Yeah, exactly. If you've registered a fund for marketing with a strategy and then with a certain strategy and then you've deregistered it, you can't pre-market another fund with the same or similar strategy within 36 months of the deregistration. So yes, you kind of, as you mentioned there, exactly, you may want to consider just not deregistering that fund if you're thinking of engaging in pre-marketing um, of another fund with the same or, or very similar um, investment uh, idea or strategy. That seems a lot to take on, but also a great advantage, I suppose, linked to pre-marketing regimes. Apart from the fact that it uniformizes and potentially open pre-marketing possibilities in a certain jurisdiction, what are the advantages of doing pre-marketing in a country? Well, I mean, mainly the advantages of pre-marketing are that it allows an AFIM to test the market uh, with respect to an existing AFE or compartment thereof, or a new AFE or new compartment or investment strategy or investment idea, without actually having to register the fund in that in that member state. Or if it's kind of a hypothetical um, AFE or compartment thereof, they can see if there's if there's really a market for that type of strategy without. Um, Perhaps taking the final steps uh, in terms of in terms of creating that uh, that fund or, or sub fund. You've been talking about AFIM mostly, so I suppose there are restrictions around who can use the pre marketing regime. Yes, yeah, so the cross border distribution directive itself specifies that it's intended for EU AFIMs, um, but as we're discussing the EU directive, which is a piece of legislation that requires transposition. Uh, into the local law of each member state, there might be slight variations. So on this, it is expected that most or many member states will allow non-EU AFIMs to engage in pre-marketing activities, but this will ultimately come down to a member state by member state consideration um, based on how they on how they implement that directive. And uh, more on that, it's, it's also worth bearing in mind that only certain third parties can engage in pre-marketing on behalf of an AFIM. So to give a couple of examples, these would include an investment firm with MIFID authorization or a credit institution, which is authorized uh, in accordance with Directive 2013-36-EU. So yeah, in summary, it's EU AFIMs and certain third parties on their behalf may engage in pre-marketing activities. And it's left to be seen whether uh, certain member states will open that up to allow non-EU AFIMs to engage in, in pre-marketing. Thanks. What type of investor can they target? So the pre-marketing regime allows for professional investors um, to be targeted. But again, going back in this theme of, of the individual transposition of the directive, you may see slight variations. So for example, um, in Germany, to take an example, 
um, there is a deviation from the cross-border distribution directive in that semi-professional investors, as defined in, in German law, can be targeted through a pre-marketing um, campaign. Um, semi-professional divest- investors are not defined by AFMD, so this is something uh, quite unique to Germany and goes beyond the text of the cross-border distribution directive, but um, follows the general principle of the German legislator to partially expand products available for professional investors to certain groups of investors, which otherwise, based on the definition provided in AFMD, would qualify as retail investors. So broadly speaking, professional investors are the targets of pre-marketing. Great, quite, quite expected. I've also heard that this new pre-marketing regime would have an impact on reverse solicitation. I know some of our clients rely on this kind of reverse solicitation. So could you maybe expand a bit more on this? Yeah, so it certainly will have an impact on on reverse solicitation. Under the cross-border distribution directive, any subscription by a professional investor in an AFE within 18 months of the commencement of pre-marketing activities relating to that AFE will be considered a result of marketing and therefore notification requirement would be triggered. That is to say, if an AFE is pre-marketed in a certain member state, following the, the following 18 months, if there's any subscription, that AFIM will not be able to rely on reverse solicitation, and and they will have to they will have to notify that AFE for marketing. So I suppose that answered kind of my second question, which is, what do I do when I receive a subscription from an investor after this pre-marketing campaign? Exactly. Then you'll have to then you'll have to make a notification um, to that regulator um, in order to accept the subscription. And um, so that's that's where kind of keeping track of of what AFEs um, have been. Um, pre-marketed in certain member states um, is is important and yeah uh, of course that notification procedure is something that we can uh, that we can help with and just on another kind of related note the cross-border distribution directive also does require the European Commission to submit a report to the European Parliament for solicitation more generally so it would be quite interesting to see what's what's in that report but um, it's not uh, it's not available yet. And what happened if I receive a subscription from an investor uh, from an EU member state where I did not pre-market my fund? Can I rely on reverse solicitation in that case? Yes. So in that case, you can. So just to take an example, let's say you pre-market an AFE in Germany and not in Sweden, and then you're contacted by a professional investor in Sweden who wishes to make a, a an investment on the basis of reverse solicitation. You can accept that Swedish investor on the basis of of reverse solicitation, but like always with with reverse solicitation, um, you want to make sure that you're documenting that um, that well. Yeah, I suppose documentation and also make sure that the members did actually allow reverse solicitation, which is, I suppose, mostly the case. Thank you very much. I think that you covered a lot here today. I think what is great with this new pre-marketing regime, it's really uniformized and, and mostly like put in in an actual text whatever is happening with pre-marketing because it used to be a bit limbo and so i think that's great any final comments no i mean i think it's exactly how you yeah describe it there and i guess just to provide a, a very brief summary at the end pre-marketing yeah it creates um, a harmonized regime and harmonized definition as regards pre-marketing allows apes or compartments thereof to be marketed into eu member states towards professional uh, investors and there are a notifi- there is a notification requirement and then there is a content requirement uh, as regards that pre-marketing and um, should you wish to accept a subscription then you will need to notify um, that AFE in that member state and those are all you know things that we can certainly 
help with. Thank you. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And just stay tuned if you want more information on the country-per-country basis, I suppose, once the implementation kicks in. Exactly. You reached the end of another episode of the Legal Zeitgeist podcast. Connect with us at zeidler.group to subscribe. Thank you for listening. The Legal Zeitgeist podcast is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. Professional legal advice should be obtained before taking or refraining from any action as a result of the contents of this podcast. All rights reserved.